All right, but and welcome to the Looney Witch podcast with me, Kat. And me, Amy. And we're not coming to you in the full moon. We're coming to you after the full moon uh, because summer has been beautiful and we've been enjoying that instead. So sorry about the wait for this one. Yeah, summertime frenzy. Sussa summertime, summertime frenzy. What? <laughs> What's that from? Uh, I'm trying to do Lana Del Rey. Oh, okay. Sussa summertime. Yeah, that one. Oh, right. I see. I see. I see. Um, so what have you been up to? What have you been doing? Everything. I've been in so many different bodies of water. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. I've been on lots of holidays. I've been practicing a bit more sex magic. Fantastic. Yeah. I've been foraging and finding new plants. So yeah, I've just spent a lot of time outdoors literally finishing work getting in the river coming back when it's dark and that's been like june and july have just gone what about you yeah same spent a lot of time in the garden like growing plants and weeding um or bits and pieces like that i have a few animal stories animal based tales Everyone on the podcast likes my animal based tales uh so unfortunately i have found many a bird um <laughs> It's it's kind of not a shock anymore, but you know we've we find yeah exactly. Um, I did have an incident yesterday where there was a pile of like white feathers in the corner of the garden, like a pile you could see them from the kitchen window, and I thought, and we've got these massive, we've got like the collared doves and we've got the massive wood pigeons and I thought oh he hasn't caught like a massive pigeon because I won't be I don't even know how I dispose of a massive pigeon. Um, but I could, can't find anything but we have had a number of other creatures in the garden so we have a hedgehog um he came to fin- visit one night uh when it was very very warm and it was lovely to meet him and to give him a few little cat biscuits and yeah it's nice to know that we're attracting like wild wildlife into the garden which is what I wanted to do and sort of like um we've got massive crickets and and butterflies and all sorts of beetles and yeah it's making me very happy that you know that the creatures are all enjoying it and one thing I did around our hedge was I kept like the grass long around the bottom of the hedge so it could like fertilize the hedge but also like creatures could hide in it and obviously Mr Hedgehog He's a he's a big fan of that. So Aww. your garden is looking lush. It is really nice. It's I the slugs are killing me at the minute. Um, they're killing my Brussels sprouts, is what they're doing. Uh, <laughs> so I'm I am on a little mission again because we've got the hedgehog. We don't want to use anything like poisonous or anything. So are I've been. Yeah, so I've put beer traps down. I've caught a lot of them, but it's been raining, so I need to empty all them out now and put some more beer traps down. I've also been putting eggshells because apparently they don't like going over the top of them. Apparently uh, you plant a row of chives around as well. They don't like the chives. Oh, that could explain why they're not down one end of the garden where my chives are. Mm, to um, do a, bo- a border of chives around everything. Oh, that's a good tip. Um mm-hmm next year i'm gonna 
yeah, just put some more beer traps down and hopefully it's my purple sprout and broccoli. They seem to love as well. And yeah, I've just been, you know, starting to dry a lot of stuff from the garden as well. So I've got loads of chamomile. So I've dried loads of chamomile and drying some bay leaves today and some marigolds. I was hoping I was going to have plenty of calendulas by this time to dry. Um, but unfortunately, they haven't all come through. So I've um, just bought some off Etsy, actually. Mm. But yeah, it's nice to see it all come in like together and growing and my it's yeah nice to see I like how wild it is and it's we've got some big plans like for next year and to expand it so yeah all exciting uh so we've had a question off Instagram which we oh wow uh, yeah we answered it on our Instagram little live we did Uh, yesterday if if we saw it but I thought we'd answer on the podcast as well but little Lou Fox um would love to know our thoughts about deity work seeing as it's a really hot topic at the moment so we spoke about deities quite a lot with Mara but do you have sort of a preference at the moment do you use a deity at the well my main deity is the Baphomet because I was thinking about this after we spoke so at the moment like on my altar I have a Baphomet and I enjoy the Baphomet as a deity because it's a symbol of duality in everything. Hmm. So, you know, it's both male and female, animal and human, angel and devil, kind of. And yeah, that for me is, is my own sort of personal deity. But be, because I practice chaos magic, I'm able to use deities and then when I'm not needing that specific power that they bring anymore, I don't have to prescribe to them constantly. I can I can pick things that is DIY magic, I guess is the best way to explain chaos magic. So belief is a tool that you use. It's not something you're dogmatic about. Yes, definitely. But I like the Baphomet because it is, you know, as above, so below... It's a very all-encompassing and transcendental deity. Yeah. So what about you? Well, yeah, when you said Baphomet, then I, I have a little Baphomet, um, like, signet ring on um, my altar. Oh, I love so it's, it's too big for me. I can't wear it as in it's... Um, so I have it, a little one on my altar. But, yeah, I guess I haven't... For me, it's not a case that I don't ha- I wouldn't like a deity I haven't really done the research to find one applicable f- for me mm. is it Hecate 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 that the witch uh, queen the witch queen a lot of people use that as their deity um there are plenty plenty out there and I guess I haven't found the one for me or really looked for the one for me if I'm being honest but um I guess Maybe for me, a lot of the magic I do has to do with nature. So maybe mine is more sort of like Gaia almost. Yeah. Um, So maybe, but I guess not at the moment. But I'm all for it. I do think having a deity, having a symbol can make it easier. 
Same with focus your power, isn't it? You know, you're, mm. you're you're bringing the attributes of that specific deity and their specific powers. You know, you're you're having them inhabit you and flow through you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's definitely e- easier that way, and that's why there are hundreds of religions that have deities. Mm-hmm. Um some with one and some with multiple ones where you choose where you can ha- pick and choose which one you need for for that period of time so a pantheon if you will exactly yeah so yeah all for it haven't got one for me I guess I was um I was thinking because you said I don't know if you're going to say it now but you were saying about having a Welsh deity maybe we should do a, an episode on the pantheon of Welsh goddesses and gods I guess as well Oh yeah, I'm a bit about them. You can find one. That's a good idea. Let's find Amy a deity. Um, I do like the blind idea. deity. <laughs> Let's play blind deity. Oh my like, god! Like Love Is Blind, my favorite reality yeah. TV show. Drum a blind uh, date. Surprise! Oh wait, that's a different one. What did she say? No, she used to say surprise, surprise, but she also had a program called Surprise, Surprise, didn't she? Yeah, surprise, she... surprise, chucks. Um, I don't think Scylla Black is a nice person. No, apparently they, there's a lot of U-tree shit going on with her. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> I guess as well, the Baphomet thing is, I'll always be option, and that is, yeah, that is the cool, yeah, it's the cool, coolest one at the end of the day, isn't it? So there you I go. am very excited to play Blind Deity, though. It's awesome. <laughs> should get little cards made. Yeah. Oh my god! I'm so excited. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what are we talking about today? Um, so today we are talking about Lamas or Lunasa. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. According to what I've looked at, and I've got like a um, what did it? What do you call it when you have the, a pronunciation, and it does go Lunasa. <laughs> All right, then I said it right. Cool. Yeah. We talk about Lunasa or Lamas. So traditionally held on the first of August, it is the first of three harvest festivals. Do you do you remember harvest festivals when you're growing up? Yeah, I have a really good story. Oh, tell me. Um, I I wonder if you'll listen, James, and you'll hear this. Um, so when we were children, I think it was all almost like a childcare kind of thing um but on Sundays we we used to go to like Sunday school um in the Salvation Army I I, I don't think it was for very long and I think <laughs> it was kicked out <laughs> but, no we were really really little and I think it was more like my parents were in work so we could go to this like Sunday school kind of thing I don't know if that's completely true um but we had to do a harvest play and I was a carrot and James was a radish. And I know in the end, <laughs> neither of us like went on to like perform. But yeah, we, we he was a radish and I was a carrot. So yeah, I do remember harvest things. And I remember like the bread. Yeah, harvest bread. bread. Yeah, lovely. Mm. I always remember they used to just have a table with loads of veg on it. Like sh- shit tons of veg and loads of food and in the what- church. Yeah, and one of those like basket horns. Oh, cornucopia. Yeah. And sometimes people would make that out of bread. Yeah. Yeah. Harvest festivals are fun, like. Aww. Fancy. Yeah, who doesn't like bread? 
Mm. So the Harvest Festival is how we welcome the impending darkness. So lamas is an old English phrase and it means loaf mass. And it's traditionally when the, the first bread would be made and then the first loaves would be blessed from the harvest. So it's a festival of the first grain harvest and a very important time for early agricultural people as that was the way they ensured that they would not starve over winter. So it's like your first indication of what we get today is our indication of what we're going to be like throughout the rest of the... Yeah, yeah. so if you've got an abundant first harvest, you're like, woo, party, we're going to live. <laughs> <laughs> so when we're talking about Lunasa, so in Ireland, this day is dedicated to him. He's the Celtic god Lu. Yeah. And he's the god of craftsmanship. Um, he's a skilled fighter, wheelmaker and blacksmith. Oh, there's a lot of man skills, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, it's a very skillful man. So, because I don't feel 100% comfortable telling Irish myths, um, I thought we'd talk about his Welsh ca- counterpart. Oh, okay. So his name is Llu Llaw Gaffres. Oh. Yeah, so I'm going to tell you a tale from the Mabinogi if um, if you're down. Yeah, of course I'm down. Yeah. So, Llu Llaw Gaffres appears in the fourth branch of the Mabinogi and he appears in the tale of Mab Math Mathonwi. So would you like to hear how Flu came to be? I definitely want to hear how Flu Amazing. So I'm really excited to tell the story. So this is the tale about his birth. Um but strapping it's a bit mad. I love the Mabinogi. It's just off the wall. Okay, okay. so Math Fab Mathonwe was the king of Gwynedd. Um, and he had a curse laid upon him that when he was not at war, so when he wasn't away fighting, he had to put his feet into the lap of a virgin or, or he would die. Just put his feet in the lap? Yeah. Okay. So he had to have a footholder who was a virgin. So the poor fucker with this shit job was a girl named Gaywin. Okay. I just don't understand why you have to be a girl virgin. Why couldn't they get a boy virgin, you know? <laughs> Do you know what? There's probably some macho excuse for that, isn't there? There's some ridiculous excuse for it. So, so Matt's nephew, Gilfathwe, became obsessed with Gaywin. Okay. And then he conspired with his brother Gwydion, the trickster god, to start a war so that Math would go away so that they could rape Gaywin. Ooh. Oh. I know. Why can you just ask her out? Why, Why can you just ask her? <laughs> well, that's the thing. He can't. If he fucks her, Math will die. His, his uncle will die, isn't it? But obviously, he doesn't care. So, Gwydion starts the war by stealing magical pigs from another kingdom. <laughs> I, I want to know why they're magical I don't know why they're magical It says otherworldly pigs And I was just like What the fuck is an otherworldly pig? It could just be a really beautiful pig Probably Yeah Mochen I love a mochen Mochen Pert Yeah um, That means pretty pig oh, My mum's getting pigs Oh, What? Yeah, and she's got like got a new two on new lots. Yeah, she's got two new lots, and she's getting like pigs on them, and I'm I'm so excited. Are they going to eat the pigs? No, they are pet pigs. Oh, thank God. Okay, right. So, so Math goes off to war, and he wins. And then when he comes back, he discovers that Gaywin has been raped, 
and he curses the brothers. So the curse is a bit mad. So he, he curses them to be mating pairs of animals. So Gilfaswi, who is the one who raped Gawain, he becomes a doe deer, then he oh. becomes a sow boar, and then he becomes a she-wolf. And Gwydion is a stag, a boar, and then a wolf. So when they, so as in they do one, and then they change into the other, and then they change into the other. Yeah, throughout the year they change three times throughout the year. Okay. So I, are they bothered by becoming mating males? Well, it's a punishment. It's how he punishes them for what they've done. So you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to punish you. You have to fuck your brother for th- th- for three years. It turns out. Oh, they've got to do it. Right. I thought he had just made them mating beasts to go out and mate with other beasts. No, <laughs> no. I think he keeps them, like, he keeps them and they just turn into animals and they fuck. And they have three boys. I can't, I've got the boys' names somewhere, but so over the, they, they are cursed for three years. And in that course, they have three sons and they're all sent to math. But I don't know what he did with them. If they have three boys, were they human? Yeah, human boys. Ha- I don't know. <laughs> there's so many questions there's so many questions I know <laughs> don't question the science just go yeah. with it so yeah it's, it's, it's magic it's, that's the answer to everything so. it's like have you watched on Netflix have you watched Sweet Tooth yet Noah oh it's so cute and it's kind of like but the deer boy thing yeah so apparently the comics and you they, you can't get them for love and money at the moment they're so expensive Um, but it's basically like there's a virus going around and it's killing like people and but at the same time children are born and they're called half breeds and they are sort of half bred with animals so he is half doe um but there's like half a pig and you know some of them have just like they're human and like the the girl that's half pig she's just got like a little piggy snout and she's got ears um but some of them are like, there's like a gopher and he is all gopher, but as the size of a child and he can talk, but he looks like a gopher. So fucking Narnia. Yeah. So I'm wondering if these three kids like half breeds or. I'll have to look at the, the Their names are in the Mabinagi, but they weren't included in this particular tale. I so thought we'll find out like. Oh, okay. What does it remind me? Oh, it reminds me of that Fall Out Boy. Remember the Fall Out Boy song, the video where that guy's got deer antlers? Yeah. I, I sang know. a lot of Fall Out Boy while I was away this, this weekend. <laughs> I can't. Isn't that the thanks to the. Me- I don't know. I can't I, remember. I don't like anything after Under the Cork Tree, so. We worked out that like 2001 was 21 years ago. 20 years ago. That's fucking yeah. mad. Somebody I. Exactly. I remember when, like, the year 2000 happened. Yeah, me too. I got pissed in the pub. I was only 11. Oh, I know. You must have been young. Yeah. Yeah, my parents my parents let me get pissed in the bricks, like. I just, I just remember, um, like, everyone thought the world was going to end. Y2K, yo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so after three years, Matt lifts the curse. And then he consults the brothers and asks them to find him a new footholder. So Gwydion, probably not happy that he's just spent the last three years fucking his brother as different animals. He suggests his sister, Ariane Rod. So Math 
gets Ariane Rod and then he magically tests her to see if she's a virgin. Okay. I don't know how you do that either. So many questions. So during the test, she gives birth. <laughs> Definitely <I know>. not then. <laughs> <laughs> so she's not a virgin. She's not a virgin. Um, so she gives birth to a sturdy boy with thick yellow hair and his name is Dylan. And he appears in different stories. We'll go on about Dylan and, and, and another point. So Ariane Rod, ashamed, she runs away out the door. But on her way out the door, she drops something small. And Gwydion, her brother, picks this up and he places it in a chest at the end of his bed. In okay. the morning, he hears crying coming from the chest and he opens it and he finds a second baby boy. What did he pick up? I don't know. It doesn't say. He says something small. What was it? A small baby? <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. So many questions. This tale has... Mate, honestly, you, that's not even the half of it. You fucking wait, like, honestly. So, so years and years <laughs> later, Gwydion takes the boy and he goes to find Ariane Rod and presents the boy to his mother. So Ariane Rod's not best pleased with him for rocking up with her abandoned magical child. What? Uh, he gets murdered by his uncle. I don't know anything else, but this... This this child is, uh. is presented to Ariane Rod, and she don't like him. Uh. Yeah, it's not nice, though. So what she yeah. does is she places a tinged. Do you know what a tinged is? No. Tinged. No, I don't. So tinged is Welsh for curse. Okay. So she curses the boy and says that he will never be given a name. Oh. And then Gwydion, being the trickster that he is. He disguises himself the, he, he disguises himself and the boy as cobblers. Okay. Yeah, and they offer to make Ariane Rod some new shoes. So while she's coming in and she's having her fit in, the boy throws a stone and he hits a wren, like and he manages to lop his head off because he's so accurate with it. Wow. It's spot on. And Ariane Rod says, It is with a skilled hand the fair haired one has hit it. And Gwydion goes, ha ha, the fair-haired one with the skilled hands. And the boy was named Llu Guffreth. Wow, okay. Yeah, so that's how he got his name. Huh. So Ariane Rod's really pissed off with her brother because he's tricked her. So then she curses Llu again. and says So many curses. So many curses, honestly. So he, he curses and says that he'll never receive arms from anyone but her. So he can never have any weapons. Oh. So on tricks her again and tricks him into giving him a weapon herself, but I'm not sure how. Wow, okay. No. So Ariane Rod's really fucking tamping now. Yeah, she's been and tricked then, twice. Yeah, so she puts a third Tingedai, plural of ting, uh, Tinged, a third curse on him, saying that he will never marry a human woman and never have a human wife. So hmm. Mass and Gwydion get together. And they gather flowers and say a spell. And from them, they conjure up Blodweth, Blodweth to be his wife. So that's not Blodweth, though, is it? Blodweth. Yeah, sorry, I'm saying it wrong. Blodweth. Oh, right. Her. She's made from a magical spell out of flowers. Yeah. And then she's, she's going to be his wife. But unfortunately, there are no happy endings in this. No, I don't think there is many happy endings in the Mavadokion. No, no, no happy endings. So, 
how, how do you say her name again? Bloodweddai. Uh, Bloodweddai. Blood, okay, so Bloodweddai is not that into show, uh, despite, you know, two men specifically making her specially for him, funny enough. Um, you know, she's got free will. So she has an affair with Gronu, the Lord of Pentlin, and they conspire together to murder Hsu. This poor kid. I know, he's had a shit life, haven't he? Yeah. Mate. I guess he was shit, right? So, because Hsu was created by magic, so he can't be killed by day or by night. He can't be killed indoors or outdoors. Riding or walking, naked or clothed, or by any weapon lawfully made. So how is he made by magic? Because the thing that fell out of her was magic. Yeah. I guess the magical virginity spell made all the cum in her turn into a baby. Ooh. That's what I'm guessing. This is what I'm this is what I'm inferring from. Yeah, I'm just show. wondering why he's like you know, like you give him birth to a baby, your brothers kill that baby. Then they pick up, I don't know why I keep thinking it's a coin, but they pick up like something, they just put it in the trunk and that turns into a baby and they've decided, well, this baby's like special, so we'll keep this one. But we kill the other baby. Well, and then, I think the, Dylan doesn't get killed till much later, he lives a long time. Uh, okay. But he's eventually he's killed by a different uncle, not the two uncles named in this. Right, okay, I see, I see, right. Honestly, it's, it's so convoluted, babes. Like, I... I'm doing my best by you. <laughs> it's it's a game of thrones. It's got layers. It is literally layers in these. So family. I was thinking about this. Like humans throughout all of history, fucking love drama. They love it. All the gods and the pantheons and stuff is always someone sleeping with who? Who? Someone sleeping with someone they're not supposed to. Someone's fucking their brother. Someone's fucking their sister. Someone's murdering. Do you know what I mean they love drama? It's all a big soap opera. I'm telling you now, it's the biggest thing we've missed in the pandemic. I miss drama. Oh, I miss. Mate. I want to. I want to make it yourself, babe. That's what I do. I I, <laughs> I want to hear who snogged who at that work night out. Like I want to know. <laughs> Can't wait for the clubs to open in Wales. Uh, <laughs> for the I've got some. Dra- I've got some drama for you. I'll tell you off 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 camp um off campus. What am I about? Off podcast. Okay. Cool. 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 So, so he can't be killed by any of these ways. So, his wife. I can't say her fucking name. Bloody mess. Bloodaweth, why am I having trouble there? So Bloodaweth tricks him into revealing the only way he can be killed. And I'd say guess, right? But you you'll never guess in a fucking million years how he gets how he's gonna be killed. <laughs> okay. Like <laughs> so he tells her, Dear wife, I can only be killed at dusk, wrapped in a net, with one foot in a cauldron, and the other foot on a goat. With a spear forged for you on Sundays when everyone's supposed to be at church. What? I know. <laughs> how do you even know that's how you can be killed? I don't know. Do you know the the balance that's going to be needed? To uh, well, the thing she starts she starts arranging his death, right? So she takes a year to make the spear. But like, imagine you know, oh, come over here, love, come here, oh. Put, the, put this net around you a minute, yeah, yeah. Put your foot in this cauldron. Yep, yep, that's good. Oh, put the other one on this goat. Yeah, here we go. And then, bam, he's hit by the spear. It's, it's, I can, you can get as far as making the spear and going, look at this new blanket I've made. You should wrap it around you. And he'd be like, this is a bit holy, to be honest. <laughs> and I can understand, yeah, there may be a cauldron present because you've got a fire going. How? 
I don't know how she tricked him into putting his foot on the goat and in the cauldron. I don't know. Yeah, and how is the goat just letting this happen? (laughs) (laughs) I know the goat would be wise to it. So, yeah, so bam, he's hit by the spear, but he transforms into an eagle and he flies away, like, mortally injured. Oh. So he's up a tree and Gwydion finds him. And then he heals him with um, an ingredient. Sorry. He heals him with an ingulian. Ingulian. Do you know what that is? No. I think I'm saying it wrong. Ingulian. So it's poem as well. So I think it's like egglois. Okay. Egglois, yeah. Yeah. So an ingulian is a poem spell. Oh. I know. It's cool, isn't it? I was like, what is this word? Um, So he then is completely healed and he turns back into a human. And then he's really pissed off. So he gathers up an army and goes to fight Gronu. Yeah, instant. So, because Gronu's mortal and he's a demigod, sort of, I guess. I don't know. It, does, it doesn't really say. But so he challenges him to a single combat. But he says, to make it fair, you've got to put this big stone between me and you on the on the battlefield. So Clue just stabs the spear through the stone and kills him instantly. The st- so he throws a spear, it goes through the stone into into Grion. Uh, Gronu. Gronu. Yeah. He's badass. He's a badass, like, Shrew is a badass. Very crafty. So, Gwydion punishes Bloodwed Eye by Blood, Blood Eyes? Bloodwed. Why can't I fucking say it? Blood Daywed. Blood Daywed, fucking hell. So, Gwydion punishes her by turning her into an owl. And then Shrew later becomes the king of Gwynedd. Well, I think he deserves it. Yeah, mate, after all that, like. And, I, you know, if he says that's the way he can die, then that wasn't the way he could die. That's just the way he could turn into an eagle. I don't know, maybe his foot slipped off the goat and it didn't work. <laughs> Maybe the goat uh, ran away. This is not a cauldron. This is a pot. Yeah. Like... It's like, oh, this is technically a cauldron. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But I don't know. So many questions. But what a mad story. Do you know what? That is, it should be a TV series in its own right. I know. Um, right? So many, so many good bits to it. Yeah. And then I learned a new word. Tingedai, which is curses, which I love. Yeah. So by celebrating the harvest, we're honoring our ancestors who had to use all of their skills and work really, really hard just to keep themselves alive during the coming winter. So it's a time to be very grateful for the food on our plates and in our fridges, which we have fridges now. So it's a time of transformation and a good time to try out a new craft, maybe writing some poetry or learning an instrument. Luch Luch is the god of bards and musicians. And Wales is a land of poetry and song. So, yeah, that is Lunasa. That's really cool. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Very, very good story. When I was reading this one, uh, did you ever watch Supernatural? Did you watch Supernatural at all? No, I never got into that one. I was, I'm a big Supernatural fan, mainly because of the way that Jensen Ankles looks, because he's just... Jensen's Ankles? His name's Jensen Ankles. (laughs) Don't make fun of his name, that's Dean Winchester. (laughs) 
and he is just a oh, oh Mr. Ankles. The, His name is he, Mr. Ankles. He is a beautiful man, and he's going to be in the third season of The Boys. Actually, did you watch The Boys on oh, Amazon I Prime? Love The Boys. It's so yeah. wrong. It's and great. he he's going to be in the in the third season, and he's he's just beautiful. But there's an episode of Supernatural among amongst like there's a lot of things but demons and stuff in it they do have like a lot of episodes on like gods and, and deities and stuff and there's one where they go to this harvest town and there is a harvest god and um basically he's a massive scarecrow with a um what is it called a scythe yeah and he basically they they always sacrifice somebody to the to the harvest hmm. and when I was like reading stuff about this I was like it's very this like there wasn't any like specific like oh we're gonna kill somebody for this but I was like this has given me very you know the reaper isn't it you reap what you sow you're reaping the corn that's what the side is for originally it's for it, taking in corn yeah and I was like this is very hot like the start of a horror film I was like all of these things on it but yeah uh should I talk a bit about what you can do Yes, please. Uh, right. So I'll go through alter changes. Um, first, if you are that way inclined and you like to decorate your altar with your seasons. So we talked about the start. So when we were talking about what we remember harvest, they're exactly the same that you could put. So um, baskets of like bread, I guess, that's something you're going to put on on the day is almost like an offering um if you've got like caught your cauldron and um, you can pop that on there any sun symbols um you can have a little scythe or a little sickle and um, corn dolls as well and i'll go through that in a little bit um your colors are things like yellow red orange and having flowers to that so like sunflowers uh, calendulas, marigold, things like that. Lots of dried things as well. So if you've got any dried flowers, you can hang those above your altar and dried herbs. Um, ears of wheat or barley or rye. Personally, I haven't got any like wheat fields near me. So that's not something I can get easily. But if you can, great. Um, and they're the kind of plants you associate with um Luna cell or lamas as well. So wheat, barley, oats, rye, hops, corn stalks, and um, also mint as well. Uh, what else have we got here? So stones and crystals. If you want, if you have them available to use a car, is it can carnelian carnelian yes I've got carnelian on my altar right now. Funny enough. Oh, do you? Yeah. A very sun altar at the moment yes mine's um or i changed mine up today as well so with uh this in mind so i'll take some pictures and sit share them um you've also got your red jasper which i've got on mine tiger's eye citrine and yellow topaz i've literally got all that i've got a yellow moonstone i've got a picture jasper but all the other ones are the ones you said oh amazing so you're all set ready to go then mm-hmm uh, so ways you can celebrate. So one thing some people do is they make corn dolls. So it's to honour the green goddess, but and you can make a corn doll to represent the harvest. 
And as you um, make it, you weave your intentions of gratitude. And many people then dress and name their doll and keep them until spring where, when they plant them in with the new corn. Oh, that's nice. I'm sure there are plenty of like YouTube videos and stuff telling you how you can make a corn doll. Uh, I won't be making one to show you, I'm afraid. So sorry about that. <laughs> uh, at the start and baking bread is a very therapeutic activity and it is like really magical yeah and it's a great way to honor the grain um for lamas and if you can add any herbs to it as well like rosemary and thyme that is literally perfect so that is something you can do as a family and it's something you can do in the morning and you can eat in a feast in the afternoon then a lot of the stuff I found like specific things to do were very much around being with people and thinking about your year ahead so it's also a great opportunity to sort your witch's pantry or to sort your pantry out so if you are a witch likes to collect a lot of ingredients. It's sort of taking stock of what you have, what herbs you have, um, what resins you have, things like that, labeling them really neatly and just knowing what you've got. Again, starting to dry your flowers, dry your herbs ready for the winter months. And it would be the same in your kitchen. It's looking at your dry stores, looking what you have and sort of just organising like doomsday prepping yeah exactly if you are one to like can things or you've got a garden that's starting to you know come to bloom and you've got things like courgettes rhubarb and stuff it's getting them preserved if you wanted to and just yeah getting that all organized and taking stock of what you have um magically and with that in mind Another idea I saw in this book, which would be a great one to do with friends, would be to have almost like a harvest market. Oh, so, that's cute. So just share what you've got, like. That's yeah. Amazing. And you could do it if you wanted to do it and you sort of, you actually had a store and you sold stuff. But otherwise, as a community, as a friendship group, you would just literally have... Give gifts. Yeah, give gifts. You would have things like... um jams, chutneys, things you've preserved, green greenery, you know, fruits and veg, and you would all bring it and you would all like almost trade it and swap or you would eat it all together. And I thought that was really nice. That's nice. Jess does that. Like every time I see Jess, she's got a bottle of kombucha for me or something that she's pickled, preserved, chutneys, jam, chili jelly or chili jellies to die for. She's the queen of fermentation. Oh, that sounds so nice. Yeah. It's something that I want to be better Better. at Mm. because I I really enjoy that. Like I've got a kombucha um, starter and he's just been living on the side. I haven't like changed him into a flavor. I haven't done anything to him. He's just like surviving. So he's all good. Um, I don't know why he's a he, but my little kombucha is a, no. is, um, a he, apparently. That's his Whatever gender of choice. Yeah. <laughs> and um, thank you, Annabelle, who gave it to me. And I just want to do the time to do it. But yeah. I do have lots of ideas. My mum has a red currant tree and she doesn't like them. And 
if you, apparently you can make red currant gin and it's almost like a slow gin. Oh, yeah. So I want to do uh, that. But it's I think I, killing I, my scobies. I've had two and I've killed them both. Oh, no. No. But I want to make some um, hawthorn ketchup. Have you ever tried that? No. Oh, it's banging. I don't like ketchup, but it's hawthorn berry ketchup is to die for. I am trying to be a bit better at foraging and making things as well. I need to make bread. It is very satisfying. I know last year for a lot of people, that's what they turned to to get through. Like I know so many people that started sourdough and it doesn't matter. I've got one guy that's really straightforward and I haven't done it. I follow this other Instagram account. She's called the Scandi Baker and she has grown up with sourdough all her life and baking. It's so lush. She, so I've it's, got a sourdough starter. Yeah, and it tastes amazing. I love sourdough. Mm. And the things she does with the discards and it's amazing. And every time she goes, right, I'm going to do it from step one. And I watch it and I, even when something just goes over your head, I just think, just just find a really I've got a really simple one where I do I think it's a cup of flour to two thirds of a cup of starter salt a little bit of oil water make the dough and then knead it for like fifteen minutes eleven minutes or something and then you prove it for five hours knock it back prove it overnight and then shape it stick it in the oven that's it. Yeah, no, I, I, I can, I can, and I can do normal bread. I can do normal with yeast. Yeah, you do make nice bread. And um, I can do that part of it. Maybe I need to focus on it. But yeah, definitely, I think Jess is like tapped into her like happiness there. And yeah. Tom calls her an alchemist. <laughs> it well, definitely. Yeah. I, I just think it's really, it's really lovely to like ha- to do that. And um, one thing I'm trying to do at the moment is like, collect all the jars and stuff to do more, yeah, more of that sort of thing. And because it is just lovely. Because um, when you eat something you've grown or something you've made, it's I you feel so good. Yeah, it tastes better, and you always love it more mm-hmm. for for a fact. So that's another one that I saw. Another little idea, really cute. If you've got time to organise that for Sunday, amazing. And then I found a recipe. Have you heard of a bilberry before? Yeah, yeah, you can find them. They look a bit like blackberries. So they're very similar to a blueberry, a bilberry. Oh, what am I thinking of? I'm thinking of something else. You're thinking of, um, oh, they, they're like blackberries, but they grow on, you're thinking of a mulberry. Ah. A mulberry looks like a blackberry and a mulberry grows on a tree instead of a bush like a blackberry um but a, there's, there's another one that grows on a spiky thing like blackberries but it's not oh, blackberries maybe That's it's a, a bilberry then i've never heard of a bilberry but apparently lamas is a very good chance to craft a bilberry glycerate which is like an alcohol free home remedy for digestive issues circuitry health blood sugar regulation and eyesight not sure what it does with your eyesight there. Mm. And um, warning, um, do not consume this potion um, if you have 
any if you're taking blood thinners aspirin insulin or any medical interventions so you know make sure you're in good health to be able to take it Bilberries, while delicious when made into confections and wine, have also long been a staple in the home apocryphary. So they are dense with antioxidants such as um, anthocyanins and and the natural pigment that gives um, them their red-blue colour. So they're like like blueberries in that way that are full of antioxidants as well. Yeah, they are. These flavonoids have been scientifically shown to produce anti-inflammatory and antibacterial effects, which can lead to a healthier cardiovascular system. Mm. So really, really good. Um, But they also thin your blood then, I'm guessing, because you can't take blood thinners with it. Yeah, they're really good for things like if you've got um, dodgy tummies as well. That's good. If you can't find bilberries in your area, you can't find a bilberry bush because they are grown like wild. Um, you could use blueberries or cranberries in this recipe. That would be fine. So you need um, half a cup of bilberries, uh, vegetable glycerin, which you can get online. Or I think you can almost get it in most supermarkets now. Uh, you need a glass jar, um, a pestle and mortar or a knife, a cheesecloth, um, an amber glass dropper bottle. That's more if to take it. So I wouldn't worry about that part personally. I think you could just keep it in the jar. Um, I've got to move next door because my bloody neighbour's singing fucking um, Olivia Rodriguez again. <laughs> we should uh, keep that in the podcast. Yeah. He, he fucking loves it. He just like belting out like fucking driving license. And I was just like, oh my God, it's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> First step, you need to clean and dry your berries and you need to cut each one in half with a knife or you can muddle all of them with your pestle and water. And then you place the berries in in the jars and you fill the jar with the with all the way with the vegetable glycerin. And then you close the lid and you label it and you set the infusion in a cool, dark place for four to six weeks. And every other day, you just gently roll the jar, you know, sort of give it a shake and roll yeah, it. Yeah, give it a turn, like with gin. Yeah, exactly. Then after that, you can strain it through the cheesecloth and you can then put it in like a little dropper if you wanted to or another jar. And when you're using it, you can literally just put one dropper full on your tongue for short term illnesses. Um, Or you can sort of take it, you know, a tiny little bit of a spoolful. But I thought that was an interesting one because, as I've said, I've never heard of a bilberry. I know sort of like we're all used to the other berries because they're the ones our supermarket have chosen to like market and the ones that we get regularly the popular ones yeah yeah exactly whereas things like blackcurrants redcurrants gooseberries and now bilberries and i know mulberries the same they're the ones that haven't been marketable but they are out there for you to find and apparently my foraging book to have a look if they're in there but i'm gonna gonna have a look for one of them trees oh is it a bush or a tree I don't know where where, where the blueberries grow. I'll uh, I'll put it up online if I find it in the book. That would be really good if you could share that, and then we can all go and find one. Mm-hmm. I then have a recipe for um a great incense to use, and I think this is a just a lovely summer incense anyway. So. For me personally, a lot of the incense I use is in the form of sticks or cones. A lot of people make their own loose incense and you can burn that on a charcoal disc. 
which we've talked about a lot. Yeah, on, we've talked about them a lot <laughs> in the episodes. But this is called the Fields of Gold Incense, and uh, I think it sounds like it's going to smell amazing. So you need one part dried calendula flower petals, one part dried sunflower petals, and one part dried rose hips. Um. I don't think rose hips are out yet. Not yet, no. Late August, September, maybe even like, maybe even further into autumn. Yes. So I would personally, um, yeah. So I would personally say you could use rose petals and that would be absolutely fine. The dog roses are out now. Yeah. And you can use the dried ones of those. You need some sandalwood, um, mortar and pestle, um, a glass bottle with um, a cork or like a storage thing for your incense. And what you do is in your pasta and water, you're just going to blend the botanicals in equal parts. Um, you can increase, you know, and put more sandalwood in there if you want to. That's up to you. And you grind them until they form a chunky powder. So you're not using sandalwood essential oil here. You're using dried sandalwood. Mm. So you're getting it into a chunky powder. And as you do, you can chant your attention. So stir my creativity, ignite my passion. So this incense would be to stoke the fires of creativity. And then you could just store it in your... I find um my one book that I get a lot of my recipes for always wants you to use some sort of like posh thing to like store it. So here's like glass bottle with a cork. Just use what you've got to store it in. You can get them in um Tiger sometimes, little glass bottles with corks. Oh yeah, I know you can get them, but yeah. I'm just saying you don't have to, you just use a jar. <laughs> yeah, just use what you have really. And what you would do then is when you wanted to work on your next creative project. Um, you would like light a charcoal disc in your incense burner or fireproof vessel and you would sprinkle the essence on top of it and you would fill your room with um, the aroma and the creative spirit should awaken from that. Um, so this is when I'm going to have a go at and I'll share it on the page then. And I'm excited to smell it. So I've currently got some sunflower petals drying and I hope they dry in time. So that should be good. And um, yeah, and then what what else have I got? I always feel like I go and then. Um so at Lunasham, it is important to take stock of all we have reaped thus far. So this is a threshold and a cross quarter day that will lead us into the season of death. So the season of darkness, so when the harvest begins to die. Um are there any winter non- is coming? <laughs> winter is coming. Are there any non-productive areas of your life that need to be extinguished before the dark days of um, introspection and the rumination set in? So, what fields can you clear so that something else can grow? So, fire is a tool not only for purification but of powerful transformation. And some farmers farming practices, particularly in non-industrial societies, use a technique known as slash and burn to fertilize new fields for crops. So, slash and burn. <laughs> that's definitely a slayer song, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, so this involves like cutting down trees and other woody plants and burning them where they fall. Hmm. The farmers then plow the nutrient-rich ash into the field as fertilizer for the soil, which they will sow come planting. Uh, season so we can use the same technique to prepare our own fields so that is those 
the mental and spiritual areas where we plant intentions and we nurture them into fruition. So the only thing you need for this is is Labradite. So Labradite is the crystal of alchemy. So it's a powerful ally for transformation and it helps us to seek that which resides deep within our psyche and bring shadows into life. Mm. Um, but I would always say, and what we talked a lot with Mara is use what you feel is going to help you yeah. through this. So this is a crystal meditation for transformation. So you're going to sit cross-legged in a dark, quiet space and you're going to hold your Labradite or your crystal of choice in your left hand. And the, uh, the hand, which is the hand of the otherworldly communication and sat shadow discovery. Mm-hmm. So you're going to visualize that you are a tiny light and you bob around your own head, focusing on your third eye, which is your third eye chakra the space between your eyebrows and you get closer and closer to the spot until your light melds with it to form a portal into your psyche. Now you are in your own form and you hold the Labradite lantern in your left hand. With it, you must weed through the heavy, heavily forested woodland to seek out your shadows. Perhaps they're hiding in the hollow gnarled tree or under a dead log that has been ravaged by nocturnal creatures seeking refuge. So in the each dark place you explore within your your third eye, you hold up your lantern and illuminate one of the shadows. They might be personifications of your darkest thoughts, most toxic habits, or emotional fears. So self-deprecation, um, toxic, these uncontrolled impulsivities, these are all shadows you can transform. So these are all messages within your mind you can transform. With your Labradite lantern, you set fire to the spot where they dwell and watch as the forest around them reduces to ash. When a cleared plot reveals itself, move the Labradite to your right hand and plant a seed in the plot. Visualise that from the ashes, something beneficial grows. Perhaps self-deprecation can be transformed into self-appreciation, toxic dependencies into balance and dependence, and controls impulsivity into harmless spontaneity so you close out the meditation by visualizing that your crops are sprouting wildly as fresh rains and sunshine nurture them and you would it says to wear the labradite against your skin until the new intention has blossomed so okay put in your pocket something. put it in your pocket or make a little pouch and put it around your neck <laughs> that was another spell isn't it yeah, that we had that, but I thought that was a really lovely, that's really one. beautiful. Yeah, that's lovely, and one that I think for me personally that I'm going to be looking to do, and um, yeah, I'd invite you all all to do it. It sounds like a really positive one to transform. Which yeah. no, send us photos. Yes, yeah, definitely send us photos of whatever you do, um, because I love seeing. Like, if people do anything from the podcast, it makes me really, really happy. Uh, And, yeah, I have a final one. Final. This is a little spell. Again, it's um, linked to Lunasha, but you could do this at any time. Like a lot of these. um, They're things that kind of go hand in hand with it, but you can do them at any time. This is a buried apple spell. 
So this spell sends a message to the elements that you desire money, wealth, or another form of abundance, such as a new opportunity. You must create the spell at night during a full moon phase and have easy access to the natural environment. Now, it told me that it recommended this one for Lamas. So I... Apples says, are very synonymous with Lamas, aren't they? Yes. So although it says do it within a full moon, you could do it on Sunday. Absolutely no problem. So what you need is an apple. You need, and if this is an ingredient that you find easy to come to, to then that's fine. Um, dried alfalfa leaf. Oh, you were talking to me about this. I need to look it up. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what it looks like. I think you could use like a bay leaf or any other type of leaf um, instead. If you can find it and you've seen it, great. Um, you'd also need some dried chamomile, dried uh, chopped ginger root, and two or three bay leaves and a tablespoon of honey. So using a sharp knife, you carefully carve a tunnel-like hole in the side of your apple. If you have an apple corer, you could just use that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, stopping when you reach the core. So you're not going through the top, going through the core. You're going through the side and you're stopping before you reach the middle. You stuff the alfalfa, uh, chamomile um, and ginger and honey into the hole. And then you press the bay leaf in to act as a seal. Uh, so I think you could use something, maybe some people have like um, dried mugwort leaf or you could use um, like dried rosemary. Rosemary mm. is normally the herb you can use in place of anything else. So I think rosemary would be fine here. And you use your bay leaf as kind of like a seal and it would look as though the apple is almost growing a leaf out the side of it. Aww. And then you would bury the apple at midnight in a natural environment. And that should then bring you the um, the abundance, basically. And three days later, you found it dug up. <laughs> oh, God. That's what would happen to me if we did it, wouldn't it? I would find it dug up by some sort of creature and I would be, uh, I'd be screwed then. Yeah. All the naughty animals in your garden. Oh, you nice. just... Nice. I'll hit I'm definitely going to do the bilberry one. Yeah. I personally... I, I, we're not going to do that one for me, but if you've got one, I think it's amazing because I think if you're going to do it and use blueberries, the only way I would do it and use blueberries is, is if I grew my own blueberries, mm. then I would do it. My blueberry tree died. Very oh early. no, I'm sorry. <laughs> they are very temperamental. Well, they are. I had two. I had a, bil um, a blueberry and a raspberry. My raspberry one went up really quickly and then just died very quickly. And the blueberry one, I tried ever so hard and it, it didn't make it. But my parents have one that looks amazing. Um, mine was a really cheap one. And I think that could be why it didn't really survive. But be any number of things i know i'm gonna try and make some bread on sunday and um have a little fire again for a lot of these being outside having a little fire and being with family it's just a really nice way to mm. to honor it um it's before like we decided we we're going to do this episode it was not a festival i was familiar with at all um 
Well, it kind of is because I was thinking it's still followed. Like we did the Harvest Festival as kids, you know. But I think we did it more for Marbon, didn't we? We did it more in September than. Maybe. I yeah, always... Maybe it's the second Harvest Festival. Yeah, maybe. That's because when does all the veg come up? Some does now, but I feel like whenever we did it in school. and Swedes. I'm sure they're like later, aren't they? Um, my my dad's growing Swede at the moment. And I can't wait to see how it grows because I've never seen a Swede grow. I don't think I have either. I fucking love Swede mash. I love Swede. It's a very underrated vegetable. It's so underrated. I was thinking it may grow like a celeriac, like half in the ground and half not. That would be cool. I love celeriac as well. Yeah, very underrated. Celeriac chips are amazing. Mm. Oh, God, I'm getting hungry now. <laughs> I know, and I'm not eating till after the gym either, so. Oh, love you, right, okay. <laughs> Move on from <laughs> some food, like. <laughs> I'll be fine. Yeah, and I've been for a run, so I'm like just Marvin. Look at us, we seem like healthy witches to everybody now. Uh-huh. I've been for a month, so this is the first time in a month. But I went. That's the main thing. That's all you can do. I downloaded, um, I was always using the Couch to 5K app on my runs, even Mm. though I've like done 5K, it's fine. But I downloaded, and this may be a great tip for anyone out there that's thinking about running as well. I downloaded the Nike app and the Nike app does like guided runs, but you you can download guided runs not for like distance or speed. You can just, download a guided run just to get you through 25 minutes or just like to relax so it was really good I the coach was like you're running too fast you need to like slow down and he was giving you like things to think about on your run you know like positive affirmation and it was really good I I really enjoyed it it was just a different rather than be like oh you've got five minutes left or you've got 10 minutes left or you know, pick up speed or, you know, that type of thing. It was like, think about what your worst run was or can you think about what the best run you ever had was? And it was things like a lot of positive affirmations. So if you struggle, you know, with focusing on runs or focus with the goals only being distance or speed, I highly recommend giving that a go. I don't know if that would work on me. I'm such a contrarian. If they were like, <laughs> slow down, you go too fast, like, fuck you, bitch. I'm run as fast as I want. I'm telling you what to do. <laughs> now, nah, Prodigy, I listen to. Listen to Prodigy. On you, do you? Yeah. I, um, what do I listen to? Random. I I choose different things. For the gym today, I decided I'm going to have a Black Dahlia murder night and I'm going to listen to that because I'm doing lower body. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to listen to heavy stuff because I go to a leisure centre gym it's full of old people so we may as well scare them off yeah coming out your headphones obviously I wouldn't scare them I'm nothing but polite um but yeah that should be good should we draw a card yes it's the portion of the episode where we draw a card so if you want to get your cards ready get them out now and please feel free to send us pictures of your cards after you get them and then what that card brings up for you. And then also if there's something you notice about the card. Because, um, yeah, there's some there's some interesting things in there. Yeah, we've definitely, we've drawn some good cards on our previous episodes. And we've had good discussion on them. So 
I noticed because last time when we did the live um, stream, I kept forgetting we were live. I don't know if you noticed. I was effing Jeff in. I was just comp- I just thought we were having a chat for a little bit. Then I was like, oh shit, wait, we're on, we're on TV. TV. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, ah, oh, fuck. Um, but the the empress at the bottom, she's got a field of wheat. Oh, does she? Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's very uh, topical. Very topical indeed. Right. Time for the Gnostic Stick jingle. (laughs) I did a card reading for one of my mates, Katie, while I was away on all day. And there's one of them come up and it was just like, you need to slow down and self-care. And she was like, nah. Like now nah, that ain't right. <laughs> I definitely think that's one thing to consider. If you draw one and you can't, you literally can't even apply it. You're just like, I don't know what that's about. Then yeah. it's just draw another one. Yeah. Okay, I'm ready when you are. Yeah, because I've got a friend, um, and whenever I say, oh. Uh, to him or I'm drawing a card he says draw me one and he you know most of the time he's like oh yeah that makes sense and I think the last one I drew for him I was just like this is not right and he's like yeah I don't think so (laughs) I can't remember what card it was now but it just didn't apply I was like do you think this applies and he's like oh at the moment I can't really see where it applies but um maybe will happen yeah maybe go on and you go first Oh, bloody hell. Oh, no. <laughs> no, is that, no, I've got um, seven of wands reversed. Okay. And as we all know from the meme I shared the other day, all reversed cards are bad. <laughs> no, it's not true. That's not true at all. So it's about self-reliance, success within reach, courage and inner strength. And the reverse meaning is holding on to situations that create tension and that no longer serve you. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes I've, sense. Yeah, I've drawn. Um, I've got like um a bit of a theme of cards the last couple, like week, and oh, well, since the full moon, I drew one for the full moon. I drew one for our life, and I've drawn this one, and they all follow the same sort of pattern. Um, so I'm doing a lot of well, attempting to do a lot of work on myself at the moment. So yeah, I think that you're doing amazing, babe. Like this thing. Oh, thanks. Yeah. And um, yeah, that kind of that makes sense. What did you get? So, turn it over. I got the Knight of Swords. Look at this bad boy. Okay. Looks like he's charging into things without thinking. That's not me. Okay. Knight of Swords. Being determined, ambitious, capable, energetic, and action orientated. The initial momentum for a new idea or venture. Or a person who's naive and impulsive. Yes. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's, it's. It looks like it's a windy day. He's on a horse. Oh. I can tell it's windy because of the trees in the background. A, he's on red ground. He's got some lovely pointy armor shoes on. Red gloves. Only one red glove. Oh, is that significant? Is it the right hand? It is. The left oh. hand is gloved. Oh. Yeah. I was going to say, it's like the Nick Cave song. 
Yeah, with a red, white hand. That Australian is. Yeah. I didn't know that. I listened to um, Birthday Party. Oh, yeah. He lives in Brighton, though. He doesn't live in Australia. Australia. He's an Australian, though, isn't he? I don't know. No, he is. He is. No, he is Australian, but he lives in Brighton. Him and the other bad seed. I can't remember his name. Um, But because his son died in Brighton. Oh fucking hell! <laughs> he had tw- he had twin sons and one died in a he died in a quarry. I'm pretty sure you've told me this before. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That man has, and he made a very sad album after that, as you as you would. But um, yeah, Nick Cave is Australian because he does a song with Kylie Minogue. Oh, Rich had a dream. I'm sure you won't mind me saying, but he had like he always talks about this dream where he had a life and he was married to, to Kylie Minogue. Oh. And he like he wakes up and he's like, oh, it was it was great. It was amazing. Like he loves it. James, so. um, my brother used to have um every Christmas he would have the Kylie calendar of her in her lingerie. <laughs> and um That makes sense. They would be all yeah, he likes Ky- he like you fancy Kylie Kylie. But I think one year, James, you'll have to message me and I like, confirm. I, I'm pretty sure my mum told my auntie that's what to buy him for Christmas and she wouldn't buy him the one with her in her knickers. <laughs> so she bought him the one when it's just Kylie, like, fully clothed. Um, but, yeah. So I understand that. She's a very pretty lady, you know? Beautiful. Yeah, and she oh. sings um, Where the Wild Roses go with, Grow with um, Nick Cave. And that is a very pretty song. Very pretty. Um, yeah, what what do we have to say? So we, as we said at the start, we've been quiet on things, but we're almost up to 600 listens on the podcast wow. now. Wow. We're very close to 300 followers on Instagram. I think we're like seven off. Maybe. It's not about how many followers we have, though. It's about how many people like like what we do. Exactly. And that it... we enjoy... The most important thing is that we enjoy it. And I'm having loads of fun. Like, anyone listening to me telling that story, you can tell I fucking enjoyed that. I enjoyed it, too. It was a very, very good story. I do enjoy it. But numbers do give you a sense of pride um, that people listen and people enjoy it. Whenever somebody tells me that they listened... And they loved a certain bit. It does really, really make me smile. It does. Yeah. Uh... I love it. People send me stuff now. They're like, you should talk about this. Beth, friend of the podcast, sent me. Um, I'm not going to talk about it now, but on the, in the coming podcast, I'll be putting it up as well. It's a really cool story that I might tell on the podcast. I, I as... love telling stories. Yeah. And I know some uh, Liz, who is a little, um, so which mum near me, she sent me like, uh, something about like a witch magazine and they were looking for like people to like entry so it's great that people send things to us I was going to promote something I was just thinking about something but I don't know if the podcast will be out in time um but I know L, Great Wizard L, he's doing a workshop tomorrow night isn't yes, he? Yes on sigil making the Great Wizard L. Um really interesting um Hopefully we're going to get him on the podcast anyway aren't we yes, to we're talk about sigils. So yeah I'll be messaging him to get that sorted out and then hopefully we're gonna have a mini episode about sex magic which i'm very excited for the research starts now very exciting what's our next episode about so we can tell everybody any idea what do we decide uh, i'm gonna have to have a look at the spreadsheet <gasps> spreadsheet time spreadsheet time my spreadsheet is loading 
What is the date? Oh, Mabon. Mabon's the next one. So Mabon's, yeah, the 21st of September. Yeah. 21st to 24th of September. Yes. Cool. The next one is Mabon. I do know when the... Do, oh, do we say what this full moon was? Do you know? The full moon that we've just had is the buck moon. And it's named because the antlers of the male uh, deer are in full growth, growth nice. um, at this time of year. And yeah, so that's my little fact about this moon. Mm-hmm. I found out, I'm not sure if anybody would be interested, a horrifying fact about moose the other day. Oh, tell me. So, you know, moose are like massive, they're I huge. Love moose. Yeah, so, one. um, they, I, I, I don't know if other deer do it or other types of creatures like it. Um, when their antlers dry and the velvet comes off, it looks like red flesh. And it hangs from their antlers yes, for weeks. Yes, I've seen this. I've seen this on deer. Not on moose, I've seen it on deer, yeah. But imagine, like, that comes towards you. It's massive. And it's got, like, bloody flesh hanging from its, from its antlers. Terrifying. Um, ever since I heard that, it's kind of, kind of scared me. I, I have, have you seen the videos? Um, I think it's in North America or Canada where the apples all drop. And then all the moose and the elk, which are big, massive deer, get pissed. Oh, of the fermented... Um... Of the, there's a brilliant way where a moose has managed to get itself stuck in the wire of a tree. It's fucking amazing. Google it. It's hilarious. Oh, they get it out. They get they they laugh at it for a bit, but then they get him out. <laughs> That's um. This is my fact. I always tell people at Christmas, and my sisters banned me from saying it to children now, um, that... The reason why we have like the mythology of a flying reindeer is because the so the reindeer farm farmers would live with the reindeer in the forests in in Norway, and they would when reindeer meat goes off, and obviously in times of your meat was often past its sell by date. Um, it has um oh hallucinogenic qualities, hallucinogenic properties. What? So the, the farmers would eat the gone off reindeer meat and I they would the reindeer were flying and think the reindeer are flying and that's where the flying reindeer stories come from that's and amazing. then my, all, my other fact is also all of Santa's reindeers must have been female because only female only reindeer female have, yeah antlers I knew antlers. that one. and I'm not allowed to, I've been told I'm not allowed to spread this to children <laughs> why like, it's so un- that's so unfeminist why <laughs> it's, I think it's more like they're magical reindeers, I mean, they're not drugged up farmers <laughs> with the reindeers, but yeah, no, it's, we're really off topic now, really off season. So Animal, good, so full of facts, I'm loving it. Animal facts with Amy, there we yeah. go. <laughs> oh, I wonder what will be found in your garden this week. <laughs> Who knows? Um, I'll save my cow story maybe for next episode. Oh, no, tell me the cow story now. Oh, it was just that um, yesterday, um, I talked about it a lot on the podcast, um, we have a common, like, it's massive, goes for miles and miles near us, and um, me and my son went for a picnic up there yesterday, and I noticed the flies before I noticed anything, I was like, oh, there's a lot of flies here, and we'd sat in this patch because, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, the common belongs to the, the animals, so it's full of horse and sheep and cow poo. And I was like, right, this is a good patch for us to eat lunch because there is no poo present here. And then I heard the noise and and the cattle up there, the cows, they are beef cattle. That's why they're allowed to roam because 
because unfortunately they're going to be eaten. And, um, but they are massive because of this. They are the horned, massive buggers of cows. And we must have been sitting in the usual path to like walk down the mountain. So first, at least 10 came through the gate and stared at us, while the other one with the big horns came towards us, as if to oh, say... Well, he wasn't a bull because, uh, but he was huge, and she, he was. Why well, I don't think he was a bull. I didn't really look that closely, and just stared at us. And I saw it got to a point where so many of them were there. I kind of like held Thomas, and I kind of went. I was on my knees anyway, and I kind of just sort of stayed quiet. I was like, let's just stay quiet. And then another like twenty came through, and they just walked. They just walked past us in the end. But the one that came really close was in a half, kept like mooing, like making a bit of a grinning noise, like as it walked down the hill. He wasn't. They weren't happy that we were sitting there, and I was just like, "I'm sorry." Like we just, we're just having (laughs) a picnic. Just having a picnic. But they, for some, it was crazy actually because they just walked down the hill, and they were there down the hill, bottom hill, fifteen minutes, and then they all just walked back up. Um, and went back in there like the one field and I was like what mate what was it why do they have to go all down there together well, was... one starts walking and they're like where are you going and they just all start following each other yeah but it but was cows just... do that don't they they'll just surround you and like look at you they're just like what are you doing and because they these were all I wouldn't have been able to take this one of these on like <laughs> like this is mama bear mode but like stay away from my baby i'll get you cows i'm a vegan but i'll kill you anyway i was like talk- i was talking to them in the sense of just i'm just like a mama like you cows i'm just I'm just oh. here with my baby cow like and they left me alone but um i wasn't frightened to begin with i thought it was amazing but you know like when there's loads of them yeah and like oh my god there's too many cows i was like that one of them could easily kill like kill me like easily so one of them could definitely kill like thomas so i was a bit like oh oh and then i thought are they after our sandwiches and i wanted to tell him that i was eating something called a lodo wrap which isn't pleasant and i was like you know you're not gonna even like this wrap (laughs) so so yeah i'll think of another animal encounter story for for next i'm sure sure you'll have several in between now (laughs) i know story of my life animal encounters um but yes thank you all for listening and thank you for joining us on our journey yeah thank you guys have a blessed lama so lunasa enjoy the harvest and uh enjoy the rest of summer yeah get your sides out reap what you sow exactly Bye, bye bye